It is the return of the Bones DK Golfcast. Welcome. My name is Edge. Catch me on Twitter. Golf guy, WV. Trying to get 100 rounds in this year. We'll see how that goes. Welcoming back to the podcast, the man, the myth, the legend, TW Man 66. How are you tonight, Wild? Feeling good. I'm local this week, uh, just a couple of miles from the course. So looking uh, forward to digging in. Looking forward to hearing your picks and uh, looking forward to hearing this guy's picks also. The man, the myth, the legend, the namesake of this podcast, Bones DK Golf. How you doing tonight, man? Staying warm out there in sunny Colorado? Yeah. Actually, it's, uh, it's a high of uh, 36 today, so it's uh, starting to warm up here a little bit. Uh, I know other people are through some worse weather, so we're actually not doing too bad here in Colorado. Uh, just, you know, feeling great, feeling high on energy and everything else here in Colorado, you know? Yeah, we had to postpone the golf cast yesterday because, of course, uh, tragedy in California, Tiger Woods, uh, in a car crash. Uh, more information came out today. Fortunately, uh, I don't know about you guys, uh, and I hate to be Debbie Downer, but when I first heard about it, I immediately thought Kobe. I thought, oh my gosh, please don't let us lose Tiger. Uh, it does appear that he has some very severe injuries to ex- his extremities, though. Um, before we get into tonight's podcast and start talking about the fun of golf, um, I think we need a little reaction out of you, Wild Man, as to what you thought about the news and, and where do you think we go from here? Yeah, it sounds pretty bad, but uh, given the original sights of the car and where it ended up and everything like that. Kind of shocking. I, I sort of went right to Kobe too. I'm like, no way. You know, no way. It was the first time I felt that again since that news of Kobe, you know, a little more than a year ago. But uh, I think considering as devastating as it sounds, his injury, his injuries are to his leg. Um, man, lucky to be alive, you know, given that how that looked. Absolutely, and Bones DK Golf, I thought you made the right move last night, postponing it. Everybody was in kind of shock. Uh, and unfortunately, geez, the PGA Tour puts Justin Thomas on in, in an almost live interview, what it seemed like. But what was your reaction uh, to the news yesterday? Yeah, you know, I'm just happy he's okay. I mean, he's alive, you know. I, I didn't know if he was going to be alive uh, early in the morning. That's kind of why we postponed it. Uh, I thought the news was a little more serious. Um, it's, you know, hard for the game. It's not, not good for the game. In a golf, uh, you know, we, we want Tiger as a role model, and it's just sad to see uh, him go through this right now. Well, he's still going to be a role model. There's no doubt about that, but uh, he is uh, going to be forced with a long road to recovery. But I think the sentiment is not just amongst us here on the podcast, but everywhere. Uh, thank goodness he's alive, and, and, and we wish him a speedy recovery. I don't want to spend too much on the Genesis uh, which is where Tiger was coming from, actually, when he was injured. But uh, Bones DK Golf deserves some props. You were high on Homa last week, Bones DK, and uh, he came through with the win, took a miraculous shot on the 19th hole, and then a, a really solid 20th hole to win it. But, you know, you loved Max last week, and, and it had to feel good to, to cash one. Yeah, I would. I wish I would have bet him outright, uh, you know, on the cast. I was really big on Bryson. He definitely let me down on down, so wasn't happy about that. But Homa really came through for me. I uh, won a couple side bets with Wildman and Bishcopter on. Uh, I, you know, I was just texting Homa for the win. All I should have put it on my Twitter. Um, but yeah, that was great. The guy was rounding into form. Uh, local, uh, he's a corollary course, like I said. So uh, see him come through. So I'm, I'm feeling great, feeling confident going into this week, uh, and you know, hoping that our guys come through again. 
And real quick, Wildman, uh, Bishcopter, a loyal listener to the cast, great friend of ours, could have cashed a ticket on Finau. Uh, what was Bishcopter's reaction, number one? And number two, what do you make of Finau now with 30 top 10s since his last PGA Tour win? Yeah, and his only PGA Tour win being outside of the continental U.S. It was actually in Puerto Rico, so got a bugaboo, man. But uh, he's at Fox, you know, you... You really can't believe he's never won before. Like a guy, how could a guy get all the way into the top ten in the world? He's that close so many times, have so many putts to win, and just never convert him. It's tough to see because he seems like a likable guy. And um, you know, Homa. I mean, props to Homa, man, for sticking in there with you know DJ and Rom making moves on Sunday, and uh, you know Finau obviously making a move on Sunday. So he he hung in there with some big heavy hitters, but. Uh, I think Bishop's a uh, uh, little blown away, and he is a big-time Tony Finau backer. So. No, I just hope uh, Bishop gets paid off soon because he keeps betting him to win, and uh, he's getting let down. He's got some drafting, though. The pay, paying off for the bets, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I mean, Fino sounds like a likable guy. He is a likable guy. His game is not very likable if you need him to win on Sunday. That's that's the problem with Tony Finau right now. Uh, may talk about this guy uh, as we get a little further into the podcast here because this week we are all the way across the country for the first WGC event in Bradenton, Florida at the concession. Now, this event has been moved around in its existence. This is the first year they'll be playing at the concession and a lot of the, the, the hype about this course is it's going to be U.S. Open-type conditions. These are long par fours, 400, 450-yard par fours. They actually, this tournament this week, is the longest par fives to this point in the season that they've had all year long, averaging 550 yards. There's a 606-yard par five out here. You also have 12 holes that have water that come into play. So, Rob... Uh, traditionally, it takes a big player to win this tournament. What are some of the big stats that you're looking for? Because it is going to be one of these top top 50 players in the world. It's going to be one of the top players in the world that wins this week. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but I might have to go back to Bryson. I mean, it sounds like you need to be a bomber. Uh, it sounds like a tough course, and he's the U.S. champion. So, uh, also the last time this place was, uh, this course was played was the 2015 NCAA Double Championship. Uh, where uh, Bryson won that, so uh, it's going to be hard to go back to him. But I've been one guy. I've been one week early on a lot of guys this year: Daniel Berger, Patrick Reed, Kevin Na, uh, all won this year. And I was on him a week before. I was big on Bryson. Uh, I hate to mention his game his name again, and people might not like it, but I I might have to go back to Bryson. It sounds like his kind of course. Uh, I just mentioned a moment ago, Wild Man, heavy hitters that have won in the past. In fact, Dustin Johnson's won two out of the last five uh, WGC. This specific WGC event, Patrick Reed, his last week's winner, uh, last year's winner. There has never been a first-time PGA Tour winner to win at this event in its 20-year existence. What are the key stats you're looking for this weekend? I agree with Rob. You're going to have to be long. You're going to have to be down the middle. But it seems like you're going to have to be a lot of things this week in order to be successful. Yeah, specifically length, right? So there's uh, there's five or six tee shots where you need to carry 310 or more based on what the local pros are saying. Uh, if you carry under 310, you're going to be bringing water and hazards into play. So right away you're saying, okay, heavy hitters for sure clear those hazards and have, you know, wedges into the greens. Um, the other thing I've read about the course 
is that they, and this is typical down here in Florida, they have pronounced bunker lifts in front of the greens. So you actually can't see the flag in the, in the ground. And that can mess with your depth perception a little bit. So you're really going to be relying on guys that can take a distance and hit that distance. Couple that with length off the tee. Um, and then, you know, a lot of undulating green. So you're really going to have to put it all together. I think that's where it most, most likens itself to the U.S. Open. It's not going to be like really, really skinny fairways with six-inch rough or anything like that. But just course management, length, difficulty on the green, I think, is going to make it U.S. Open-esque in terms of getting into trouble on some of these holes. You know, Bones DK, our value odds going to come into play a little bit more this week, and we'll get your picks here in a few minutes. But because you have so many great players, the margin for error this week, or the margin between talent differential is so slim are you looking for good prices, maybe more than you're looking for the outright winner when you're building a lineup this week? Yeah, I'm definitely leaning towards a balanced build this week. I'm going to try to stick in as many uh, good players as I can. I mean, there's some great value down below, and I know we'll get into it later. But, you know, you look at Matthew Wolf, Justin Rose, and Harris English down there at 75, 76, and 7,700. I think those guys really stick out to me, you know. So I think you can plug those guys in. And, uh, you know, if you start with somebody like Berger... And, uh, excuse me, DeChambeau, not Berger, uh, DeChambeau, and get somebody in there like Berger. I think you can definitely get a lot of studs in there with the builds this week. So I'm definitely leaning towards a balanced build. Let's talk about some of these specific guys, Wildman. I mean, right off the top, DJ's 13-2 to last I saw. That could have changed since our listeners are listening to this. But DJ, Shoffley, a familiar name, Although I, I I hate to get off the the, the Xander wagon because I know you guys are really uh, love riding shotgun on the Xander wagon, but he's been kind of disappointing over the last couple months, if you ask me, in terms of being able to get that signature win. Uh, John Rom though is a guy who's always up there too. So out of those top three, am I, am I missing anybody that belongs in that top tier this week? Bones uh, DK. Yeah, you know Xander is very interesting. Uh, he's actually on the active three to sixteen top twenty five. And uh, four runners up in that in the top twenty five. So he's kind of has like a Tony Finau syndrome right now. Yeah, I mean, he remember I remember him winning a lot last year. He was very reliable uh, at this price range. I like to have Xander in as my second guy, and I was hoping he would be re- more around like ninety eight hundred. Um, but you know, second place isn't bad. Ten uh, eight. I don't know if I'm going to get up to him this this week. I'd rather you know Justin Thomas is sitting there three hundred dollars less. Uh, you know, that's very interesting to me. I think Xander's a little overpriced this week. I love DJ. Uh, Rom's, you know, playing good. Uh, you know, out of that, I'd probably pick DJ, obviously, out of the out of the three or four. Yeah, wild. I mean, DJ's an obvious pick. Like we said earlier, he's won two out of the last five times at this event. Although this is the first time the event's ever been played at the concession again. But I hate to call Rom, uh, uh, you know, an underdog or a dark horse. But this guy seems to be playing pretty good golf right now. He's running in putts. You saw that miraculous putt. His short game is really good right now. He seems to have that luck factor, you know, and I think he's 10 to 1 this week. Is that is that possible? I, I, I'm i sorry. I don't have the notes in front of me. My computer's freezing up here. But he seems like he's a, a good value pick like we just talked about for this week's tournament. Yeah, I just don't know if you're, if you're ever going to get paid off well enough to risk those odds. You know, I've never really been a big guy of betting anything like under 18 to 1 in terms of bets to win because it's just so hard to win. I mean... Even, uh, you know, take DJ out of it. You guys just talked about Xander. This dude's got, you know, 
a dozen top fives in one win, right? Seenow's got, I think, 19 top fives in the last three years without a win. So when you're betting players to win, um, you want to make sure you get paid off when you connect. But, I mean, all these guys up at the top, you know, they're they're sort of so far out there from, like, Rory up that you really need a top two or three finish in order to pay off DraftKings-wise. Like you saw with DJ last week, like, you up DJ right now, you're getting a top seven out of them. There's no question about it, right? Yeah. But a seven's good enough. So, um, you know, I, I, I tend to lean towards Bones DK as kind of just jamming in some of these guys in this 9K range uh, that could all easily win it. Like like Brooks Kepka, you know, I mean, he just won three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this course is in Florida, and uh, Brooks Kepka is a Florida guy. Uh, so I, I, I'm looking at Brooks really, really hard here. We'll talk a little bit about him because he's actually in in what may be considered in terms of rankings. I'm not looking. I know this is the DK podcast. I'm looking at the at the, the uh, Golf Week USA Today dot com World Championship field by the rankings. The next tier of guys after those three I just mentioned would have been Cantlay, Webb Simpson, Hovland, Berger, Finau, uh, and Thomas. And Zalatoris is in there as well. Uh, who are some guys, uh, Bones DK, if anybody, that's moving the needle for you there? Uh, Zalatoris is a little lower at 8,100, or excuse me, even 8,000. I've been playing this guy almost every week. I really like Zalatoris. I feel like he's due for, uh, he's, he might win this year, and I would rather be early on Zalatoris than just win. So uh, I don't mind playing him almost every single week until he comes out with a win. The guy's really playing great golf. Uh, you know, I like I like Terrell Hatton a lot. I mean, the guy the guy is playing incredible golf. I like to play him at harder courses. Uh, you know, he's coming off a win in January at uh, Abu Dubai. Um, this guy is just great value, ninety six hundred. I'm really looking hard at this nine thousand dollar that right now on who I want to play. I mean, I think there's some insane value. Even Webb Simpson to me seems a little low priced at ninety one hundred. He's a little high nine thousand and. Um, it's pretty good field, honestly. Um, we're not getting down to the $8,000 range yet, but the guy that uh, uh, seems to be popping up in all my stats is Tommy Fleetwood as well. So uh, if I had to pick a few guys here, it'd be Tommy Fleetwood, Terrell Hatt, and, uh, you know, like I said, in there at 9,900. Uh, wild man. You live in Tampa, Florida, which is where this, this event is going to take place. Did you happen to step outside on the patio in Florida? Uh, I've been outside quite a bit, yeah. Yeah, I can hear the wind blowing in the microphone. Um, it's all good. There's there's no big deal there. But uh, I got two questions for you on this next one. Um, Rory McIlroy, bounce back week, number one. Number two, Justin Thomas. How does the Tiger Woods news affect Justin Thomas? Is he going to go out and win it for Tiger, or is he kind of mourning his friend's injuries? Uh, I, I'm not outside right now. I must have been breathing in the microphone <laughs> or something. Because <laughs> I just understood what you said. But uh, hopefully this is a little bit better. I backed off the mic a little bit. Okay. But uh, uh, Wait, that was that was you just breathing into the microphone? Is that what you said? Apparently. <laughs> allegedly. Uh, yeah, I think Thomas, man. I, I, I think Thomas is going to take it pretty hard, man. I I, I think he's going to go out there and play for Tiger, but he's an emotional dude as it is and um you know i could easily see him kind of having his mind somewhere else this week and rightfully so right i mean he's got enough money and 
and golf's just a game. I mean, if that's his, his good buddy who's, um, you know, still probably has significant serious uh, injuries, you know, that he's not necessarily out of the woods yet, right? I mean, we've only heard what they're telling us, right, about his right leg. I mean, you know, once the swelling goes down, he could have broken ribs and collarbones. You know, we just don't know that kind of stuff. So, guy like JT might know a little bit more about Tiger than we do. Um, so I'd be concerned about that, and um, for that reason, I am I am going to fade him just because of the uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Rory's always a guy that you know when you can get him at a value, like he's kind of with where Xander probably should be, right? Um, so I like these guys. I always tend to like these guys that are like fifth, sixth, seventh in the DraftKings pricing because it usually just means they're not as quite as popular. Now Rory's obviously really popular. But um, everybody's on DJ. Everybody's on John Rom. So you're going to get good percentages on Rory from now until he wins next, which could be this week. All right, let's jump into the next tier, guys. Actually, I'm just going to throw out some names here. Uh, Bones DK, Patrick Reed, who won this event last year. Adam Scott, you got Neiman, you got Harris English. Uh, Oostazen, Answer, Morikawa. I'm sure I'm leaving a few out. Matthew Wolf. In that next tier, who you liking? Who you got? Yeah, I mean, you're looking. If you, if you talk about the U.S. Open corollary, Patrick Reed is right there. I mean, the guy has a win in January 28th at the Farmers uh, and has a 13th at the U.S. Open. So this guy, this guy's in form. Uh, he missed the or he got came in 66 Saudi International in the Euro Tour. So I'm not too worried about that. This guy is an incredible golfer, and again at 9200, I think that's great value with Patrick Reed there, along with Webb Simpson at 9100. Uh, he has an eighth at the U.S. Open. Um, and also, this guy just, he comes through for me all the time. I know a lot of people don't like him, but I love this guy. He has, you know, 22 birdies in the last two rounds with an eagle. Uh, so he, he's, he's in form. Uh, $9,100, cheap price for him. I love him. I'm looking to look uh, strong at Tommy Fleetwood as well. But if you go down uh, a little lower there, it's Scotty Scheffler. I mean, come on. When do we need to, you know, this guy's going to, He's lowering in price every week, and he's playing great. He's coming off a 7th and a 20th. Uh, he came in 15th, I think, at the Arnold Palmer or a Florida course last year. So I like this guy in uh, in a Florida course, and, and he's also a bomber. So give me some Scotty Scheffler at 8,300. He was on our winning lineup uh, last year, so I'm going to go right back to him. We are big fans of Scotty Scheffler on the Bones DK podcast. Any of those names that I just ran off in that middle tier that uh, Bones DK is talking about, wild man, that kind of moving the needle for you? Well, we're hoping Scotty Scheffler's caddy doesn't uh, <laughs> sprain his calf, right, on the 13th hole, and perhaps that will you know, translate to a better <laughs> score. But, but you know, here, here's one thing. Before I start naming some guys, I want to touch on real quick because I am local. I drove by the, the uh, concession ground yesterday. And, you know, we keep using this terminology, likening it to U.S. Open. I want to clarify that for the listeners. It's not going to play as difficult as a U.S. Open. You're going to need the same kind of attributes that you want at the U.S. Open. And that's kind of like hitting fairways, hitting long irons, and good short games. Now, it seems pretty simple, right? But there's a lot of uh, locals here that are saying, you know, 17, 18, 19 under is going to win this event if the wind doesn't pick up. Now, I'm also checking the wind finder uh, for my water vessels, you know, that I check all the time. And we're looking at right now, as of right now, Sunday being the windiest day, 
uh, no more than like 10 to 12 miles per hour. So um, it doesn't appear wind is going to play a big time factor. And, and thus, you know, you're going to want guys that can get it tee to green and make parts um, without making those big numbers, right? Obviously, you got to mix in the birdies. But I like Patrick Reed there. I mean, Reed's the first guy I'm thinking of when I think tough course, got to put it all together, and you got to kind of run in those uh, 15-foot birdies and those 6-foot pars. He's a guy that checks all the boxes for me. He also checks the boxes of guys like that have just disappeared. No, no ill will against him. I don't want him to be hurt or anybody in his family. But if he, if he just never saw him again, <laughs> he kind of checks all the boxes for me in that also. Uh, there is one more guy I would like to mention, and you mentioned him earlier, Edge. Uh, I think it's the steal of the tournament. It's my first guy in. Uh, he came in fourth at the U.S. Open this year, playing incredible golf won the Century Tournament of Champions this year. His name is Harris English, $7,500. Plug him in, move on, see see you on Sunday. (laughs) This is a no-cut event, by the way. Um, So you get four rounds out of it. So you got to think about guys that are going to keep their heads in it the whole time also. Like you just talked about Rory, like having a bounce-back week. But Rory's the kind of guy, too. That if like he, you know, doesn't do well in the first two rounds, he's not really going to stay focused enough to win the whole thing. You know what I mean? But a guy that I know that we're big fans of here, a couple guys actually. We talked a little bit about Fleetwood, but I know we're big fans of Sergio Garcia, Lanto Griffin. I know Robbie's been on quite a bit. Kevin Kisner's a guy, and a guy that we were we were really high on there for a little bit. Feel the burned Weisberger is also. A guy that may not win it for you, but you need to have these guys that are still willing to make birdies for you on Sunday, right? That aren't going to completely check out of the golf tournament. Yeah, great point. I love Weisberger there, and and like you said, Lanto Griffin. He's finally at the price we love him at, (laughs) $6,700. Guy's in great form, just keeps dropping in price. It's a dream for me, so... Um, I'm looking at him uh, pretty easily, honestly. I, I always say I like him at tougher courses as well. And, you know, he can string up some birdies together, too. So I love him at $6,700. Another guy that just seems to be a DK animal and scores a lot of points. Uh, no one was on him last week, but he played pretty well. Sebastian Munoz at $6,500. Uh, the guy just ran, uh, you know, reigns in birdies and plays court, uh, tough courses pretty well uh, also. So, um, I like both those guys uh, in the $6,000 range at first look. Uh, we talked a little bit about Kepka earlier, but uh, Kepka, Jason Day, I'll throw a couple of throwbacks at you too, T-Dub. Matt Kuchar, Bubba Watson, Lee Westwood, Justin Rose. Again, not guys that we believe. Well, Kepka maybe. And maybe even Day. I mean, you never sleep on this guy. It seems like he just comes up at, at some of the weirdest moments. But... Not guys that might win it for you, but guys that'll continue to make birdies through Sunday. I mean, Rosie never checks out of a tournament, dude, ever. You could argue that yeah. about Westwood as well. I think Bubba Watson probably does, but Kuchar never does. You know, I mean, are these guys that could possibly, at value, Wildman, win you the Bones or win you the the DraftKings lineup that you that you submit on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, it. it, it I love it because. What I'm looking at right now, which is courses over 7,400 yards, which are the longer courses on tour, the, the number one guy that raced out for me in the last 12 rounds is Jason Day. You can believe that. And, uh, you know, to your point, like, man, I, it, when you start thinking about Jason Day playing 72 holes, you just kind of get the heebie-jeebies. 
picking up. Can he finish it? Mm-hmm. Can he finish all seventy-two holes without grabbing his back or getting vertigo <laughs> or wearing <laughs> or yeah. wearing gloves in eighty-degree heat? Right, right. <laughs> wearing mittens on the course, you know. So he, you know, he's just man. Is he like a coin flip? Uh, but obviously, a guy that that's been number one in the world. The other guy is Sergio, who rates out really well for me right now, and is sort of um, the opposite of what you're looking for in terms of mental toughness in an event like this. And then the um, sort of the antithesis of that would be Ryan Palmer, who's like the poster child of the Sunday 65. So he's only 7,200, and he's a heavy hitter who can make eagles. Um, Bubba and Kuchar, nah, man, I'm off them. I think they're just past their prime, and father time has caught up. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking at Dave pretty hard, and I, and I like Ryan Palmer a lot. Only guy on planet Earth. More bald than TW man is Matt Kuchar. Uh, what about Stuart Zink? <laughs> Stuart Zink was was pretty bald too. When he beat uh, Tom uh, Watson in the playoff many many years ago, well, probably not many years ago, it was within ten, and he took off his hat. It blew me away, dude. It was like it was yeah. like Neo in the Matrix being shot at. Remember in the first Matrix, that, that's how right. like like some of these some of these like completely tight you know golf historians are like you know respect the game, tuck your shirt, and Stink takes his hat off. Jake Tams, they're like, I'm just devastated that he didn't take his hats off. <laughs> and somebody else is like, he, he did take his hat off. Yeah, so that's well, just his tan line, dude. He like blinded people also when he took his hat off he went from being like a, a, a like a florida citizen with like a nice crisp tan to being absolutely you know off white when he took he had like two colors to his head you know one was white one was tan yeah. <laughs> you know it was i mean that's what happens when you play golf every single weekend though in beautiful weather right yeah, I mean, Max Homa had a pretty good hat line there uh, when he won last week. I don't know if you noticed when he took his hat off. His forehead was completely white, and the rest of his body was extremely tan. <laughs> I love the golfer tan. It's a classic, classic tan out there. All right, well, we got a couple minutes left here, uh, Bones DK. So what do you have? Anybody we left out, give us your top six. You know, how are you going this week, and, and what do you like? What are you going to yeah, tell the guys? Yeah, talking about right now. Um, you know, I'm on FantasyNational.com. We're, we're talking about this podcast. I'm looking at some stats here. I have it uh, on Jack Nicholas courses on Bermuda and how they rate out. Um, Brooks Kepka is popping up on my stats here. So I'm going to look hard into him. I'm going to go uh, Webb Simpson. I really like that guy this week at $9,100. And uh, you made a good point about – oh, Harris English, guys. I'm, I, you know, he is locked. I'm uh, I don't know how he's only seventy five hundred dollars. So I'm plugging him in, uh, him first and working around that. Uh, also, Justin Rose. Uh, you're talking about best value out there. This guy rates out really well on these kind of courses, difficult courses. He can win tournaments. So I think overall value, um, Harris English and Justin Rose, I just think have the best win equity out of those guys in the seven thousand dollar range uh, overall. Uh, before we get your picks, T-Dub, why don't you tell everybody out there, because I was a little confused about it until we talked about it also, what is Fantasy National that you guys keep talking about here? It's a uh, it's a website that, that generates a lot of data for golf where you can essentially put in whatever um, 
specs you'd like and generate spreadsheets with accumulated data that they put in. It's pretty cool. Um, so it'll give you any kind of stroke gain data for any type of course, any type of green, any type of length, um, and rank those players only in the field, only rank the players in the field based on your metrics. So it's very, very valuable. If you can kind of hone in on a course like we are today, which is, you know, okay, you got to hit it long. You got to uh, try to avoid three putts. You got to be good with wedges. You can plug those in and generate your own report as far as um, how guys are ranked based purely on data. So it's, it's, it's good. That's an excellent. Yeah, it, it is pretty, it's, it's pretty useful, Edge. Uh, you know, it, it got me on Wyndham Clark last week, actually, late at night. I was like digging into stats, and, and Wyndham Clark just started popping up on everything at 7,100. So I, it was a late swap into my lineup. Uh, really happy with him. And then also, you know, it, it, Carlos Ortiz, even though he had four for four made cuts at the Genesis, he wasn't rating out that well on, on Fantasy National. I, I chose to ignore it, and he missed the cut. And I actually picked him to, to make the cut in our Survivor League. So I got torched, and I ignored the stats. So I think it's very useful, and I'm going to try again this week. Um, Ryan Palmer's rating out well as well, Wild Man, so that's probably a good call there. Uh, I like it. Just based off fans and national stats and, and um, what I'm, uh, you know, filtering here. It is the Bones DK Golf podcast, but T-Dub, he just totally stole your answer there. Uh, when when I was about to ask you who your top six are, what do you got, man? Because we already heard his, uh, and we were, we were getting the fantasy national explanation, which was nice. And then you just stole uh, the microphone away from him, uh, Bones DK, but it is his his podcast, so we'll give it back to you. <laughs> Wow. I'm sorry, I didn't realize that's going. I, you know. I've got one. I've got one big prediction to make. Uh, as soon as I mention this, Shandy Sullivan is also extremely bald. He's an English <laughs> guy, and uh, and if you haven't seen it before, you should Google Andy Sullivan hole in one challenge. They give him 500 shots to make a hole in one at his favorite hole, and man, is it good! It's like a five six minute clip, really worth a watch. But uh, a guy here's here's my prediction of the week here. I'm going to say that. This guy, so let me give you a stat first. You can see if you guys can figure him out. 11 top 10s career in the World Golf Championship. He's got a runner-up at every single major. He's won a major. And he's got uh, several wins on the European Tour. So when you talk about important courses, difficult courses, strong fields, this guy always tends uh, to rise with the cream of the crop. And it's a guy that I'm going to predict finishes in the top five this week. It's Louis Eustazen. Louis. That's a great and interesting prediction. I thought you were going to say Justin Rose, but yeah, Louis fits the bill. <laughs> I thought he was saying Lee, Lee Westwood. I thought for sure you were going to say Lee Westwood, but I don't know if he's ever won a major. Yeah, Lee has never won a major. He's choked on a few majors, but never won one. Eustazen. I like that pick. Is that the flyer of the week, Wildman? I don't really have a flyer of the week this week. There's a couple guys I like under under 7K. At, you know, I think Brendan Todd rent, rates out pretty well. Uh, if you're jammed up in that bottom, bottom tier, um, yeah, I, 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 I'll give you the flyer of the week right here. This is the flyer of the week because I'm putting a lot of importance on strokes gained off the tee this week. So the flyer of the week is Cameron Champ, and he's probably a guy that I – man, you, you don't have to give me like a briefcase full of cash to play this guy. <laughs> 
He's had some decent turn. I mean, he's had some decent rounds this year, though. I mean, wasn't he in it uh, earlier this year? One of the major tournaments that was like the 2020 PGA season. It was all out of the U.S. Open. Yeah, yeah, he was there. So you never know. I mean, you just never know with these tournaments. I will say this though: we we started the top of the hour with it, and it was that no first time PGA Tour winner has ever won in the 20-year existence of this event. So it's going to be difficult for um, somebody who's a little underdogish and got high odds and long odds to win this thing. It's going to be somebody that you expect to win golf tournaments that's going to win this one. Any final thoughts before we sign off here, Bones DK? No, I feel great. Uh, you know, Reach out to me if you need any advice on some picks, but uh, I think I mentioned most of my guys uh, this week, feeling great. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we can cast some big ones this week for the team. Uh, Wildman, any final thoughts before we sign off? No, I kind of mentioned this earlier. I'm, I'm going to say fade of the week is JT, uh, just for the mental aspect of it. And then, like I said, I'm I'm going to I'm going to stand pat. I'm going to say play Louis Eustace in your lineup. Louis. As Bones DK said earlier, we'll see if he can get it done. My name is Edge. You can check me out. Golf Guy WV. I have 183 days in my golf season in the Northeast, April to October. I'm going to try and get 100 rounds in. Wild man, real quick, can I do it? Man, I think 100's a stretch. I'm I'm putting your over-under at 94.5 rounds. Wow, that's almost getting there. I think if I can get that far, I'm going to get across the finish line. But, Rob, uh, Bones DK, is it reasonable to uh, – don't forget I'm a teacher. I get my summers off. Is it reasonable? And I own my own golf cart. Is it reasonable to get 100 rounds? <laughs> no doubt. I take the over uh, any day of the week. I can put 100 bucks on it right now if you want wild man on the over. What is it, 94 and a half? That's what he's saying. If I, can, if I can also place the bet that in those 183 days – we will drink 10 beers in one of those days. Uh, that's a safer bet than 94 and a half rounds. He may not remember playing a couple of rounds. He might play 100 and only think he played 94. I was going to say, I, can, I think I'm going to play 100 rounds this year. Can I document 100 rounds that I play? That'll be a tough question. You know what I mean? Because I need, I, I want to document each one with a round recap, see how my handicap goes. And, um, yeah, there's going to be a few beers had this summer. I'm not going to lie. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how it goes with your DK Fantasy lineups after the concession tournament this weekend, the first WGC event of the year. Bones DK Golf, check him out on Twitter. TWMan66, check him out on Twitter. Good luck, fellas. Hey, thank you, Ed. Good luck out there.